Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your home for news and culture in Chicago and beyond. For decades, the Magnificent Mile in Chicago's downtown was a vibrant and bustling shopping district for visitors from across the world. But now, storefront vacancies are at an all-time high, and visitor traffic has been dwindling over the last few years. Many business owners and other stakeholders think there needs to be a rebirth of the iconic strip and appeal to new audiences. But what would that look like? With us is journalist Judith Crown, who dove into this question in the current state of the Mag Mile for a new story with Crane Chicago Business. Also with us is Nicole Benulkin, Managing Director for 360 Chicago Observation Deck. Judith, I'll start with you. Can you just give us a brief history lesson here? What was the Mag Mile at its peak? Sure. It was the shopping center mm-hmm. where Chicagoans came down. Um, it it not just not just for Chicagoans, but it attracted leisure travelers from the U.S. and outside the country, as well as conventions and business. It was a great magnet for for business meetings as well. Yeah, how big of an economic driver would you say it was prior to its decline? Right, it was it was the biggest contributor of sales taxes um, in the county um, okay. be- before the pandemic. So it's a huge economic engine. So when did things actually start to change, and, sure. and what caused it? Would you sure. say? Sure. Well, we know the pandemic was was a crossroad. We had that terrible looting in the summer of 2020, um, but of course, the whole during the pandemic, shoppers were staying away. But really, the problems started before then. With, okay. With the start of online shopping, rents were rising, for one thing, and um, retailers were, were shrinking. They don't need as much space as they used to because, uh, because of their merging their online and retail operations. So you can go into a store. If they don't have my size and color, they'll just order it to me. They don't need to force stories you mm-hmm. know, to show all their clothes. So that's one thing that's been going on. And then a lot are, are just prefer to be in their neighborhood. If, if I'm an online retailer, I know where my customers are. Maybe they're in Lincoln Park or maybe they're in Lakeview. Maybe I don't even need to be downtown anymore. Right. You're right. Between 2016 and 2019, the vacancy rate went from 3.6% to 15%. And then it, it exploded to over 30% in 2022. Right. You also noted that uh, some of the malls are doing well, but others like Water Tower Place, they're struggling with vacancies. Right. W- what's the difference there? Right. Water Tower Place, which was iconic when opened in the mid-70s, has lost has lost Macy's um, because there's the Macy's in, in the loop. So which is lost huge. So they other Macy's yeah. as, as well as the, uh, other, other retailers. It's only half occupied now. The Nordstrom Mall down at the shops at Northbridge is, are doing better, but they're they still are about eighty percent lease. So they have they have some holes. Interestingly, the the Bloomingdale's Mall, the shops at Northbridge are doing really well. They're they're almost fully leased at ninety eight percent. Interesting. So it can be done, but it takes a lot of recruiting and strategy and negotiations over rents. Well, Nicole, let's bring you in here. Tell us a bit about yourself and how long. You've been on the Mag Mile. 
Thank you, Sasha. So uh, in my current role, I'm the managing director for 360 Chicago. We're the observation deck at the top of the former Hancock building. Which I see all the time. It comes up on my TikTok all the time. Cool videos. I'm so proud of our content. Thank (laughs) you for saying that. Uh, Shout out to my team for that. we, I've been in my current role for almost 10 years, but um, somewhat coincidentally, my entire 25-year career in hospitality, I've never been more than two blocks from the Michigan Avenue. Um, so I, I really know the district and, and the avenue quite well. Um, and, and I think that when we look towards the future of Michigan Avenue and the Magnificent Mile, operations such as ours that are bringing an element of entertainment, uh, and an element of experiential to the district yeah. uh, really helps to, to to lead the conversation around what the future of the of the district and the avenue should look like. Yeah, and before we dive further into your future plans, I want to talk more about that experience that you just gave us, right? What have you noticed running a business there over the years? Well, you know, certainly um, we, we've seen the retailer um, – component change and the mix of retail has changed. And, and Judith is right. That began before the pandemic, although none of this is, is unique to the Magnificent Mile or, or to Chicago. Uh, but we, we've also seen the influx of more experiential um, concepts coming in already, right? So I think you mentioned the Harry Potter experience that opened just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saw that uh, even before the pandemic, the Chicago Architecture Center uh, opened their new facilities uh, right off of Michigan Avenue and the river uh, prior to the pandemic with this commitment to bringing more experiential aspects to the Mag Mile. Yeah. All right. So let's look ahead then. You're part of this working group. You're trying to reimagine what the Mag Mile could look like. Tell us more. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think our goal is is, is to, to reset the conversation to make sure that we're not looking at how to restore the, the the grandeur of 10 or 15 years ago, but really to look at what the district and the avenue should be 10 years from now or for the next generation. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that involves rethinking uh, both the reliance on retail uh, and, and trying to drive the avenue in a more mixed use uh, and, and a, in a more uh, entertainment-driven direction. Uh, and then also partnering with ULI and with other great uh, civic organizations to really rethink the physical um, makeup of uh, the Magnificent Mile as well. Yeah, I I feel like that entertainment driver that you're talking about, I feel like that's what would maybe push me to come down more because I'm approaching two years of of living here in in the Chicago area. And I have to say, I don't don't go to the Mag Mile. I mean, I went there when I first moved here because I felt like it was something I had to check off Mm -hmm. a box, but it's just not become part of any kind of routine for me. Yeah, well, you know, Judith mentioned Lincoln Park. She mentioned Fulton Market. Uh, those are those are areas that offer a wide complement yeah. of activities and things to do. Uh, and, and we've got some great restaurants uh, on the avenue. Sure, um, yes. I don't want to diminish those. Uh, we've got Looking Glass Theater, an icon in, in theater. Uh, but I think we need more of that, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, we we were talking prior to to this uh, to coming on the show that you know there's there's this general push towards mixed use, right? And and crafting places that solve for live, play, and work. Uh, and while that's true for a building, it can certainly be too, true for a region or a district as well. And yeah. I think that's what we're looking to accomplish on the Magnificent Mile. Well, Judith, one thing that you reported. Um, hearing from from developers and business owners was this need for the mag mile to provide exclusive experiences right. so can you talk more about sure, what they meant think about it the stores most of the stores on the avenue you can find in oak brook in 
Old Orchard and in almost any mall in America. There are good stores, but is it anything special that I need to come downtown for? Right, and I think that's the point I was trying to make as well. Is... Right. So how how could we reimagine some? What would make it really special? Um, you know, people have thrown out some ideas like create your own Oreo cookie, design it, decorate it. They actually do this in Japan where Kit Kat bars are like really popular. So why don't we embrace something like that? Well, that would be a draw. I mean, kids could come down and that would be, you know, a must a must stop. Yeah. Or a shop that you could um, maybe they would embroider my name on it or, you know, personalize my luggage or my jean jacket. <laughs> I mean, all these things are interesting. The problem is if you're just a small startup boutique can I afford the rent on Michigan Avenue? Yeah. So I'm probably going to need some help to get in there. But I think the city would like to encourage that, and maybe there will be financial help for small businesses to at least get a foothold. And you can do a pop-up store and and see how it goes. So you mentioned also uh, some proposals in your article to to change the infrastructure around. Right, right. One One of the things that came out of this report from the Urban Land Institute and everyone notices is that that half of the sidewalk is full of flowers. They're beautiful. We have mums in the fall and we have tulips in the spring, but they take up half the sidewalk. And it really, Michigan Avenue just people is a people mover, super highway. They're up and down and they're not stopping to linger. So what about taking out some of the flowers and putting in some benches or some tables. The idea is, could could we get people to stop and smell those flowers mm-hmm. and chat? You know, 20 years ago, we had that uh, Cows on Parade exhibit with 300 fiberglass decorated cows on the avenue. And that was a conversation starter. People would stop and, and ooh and ah about them. I see. So could you have more art on the avenue, maybe some of the plazas? Maybe you could have um, some impromptu uh, performances or, or scheduled I mean, just just to bring some a different type of activity. What do you think about some of these infrastructure changes, Nicole? Uh, do you we, think it would make visitors want to stay on the Meg Mile? We think these are all really important conversations to be having right now, and, and, and we, the, the uh, Magnificent Mile Association, in partnership with civic and business leaders on the avenue, are looking at both short and long term solutions. And these long term solutions that were brought forward through the ULI process and uh, led by Alicia Berg, who is an incredible urban planner and, and, and really called out some of these big um, physical re- re- uh, rethinking of the district. Uh, we, we think those are really exciting and, and necessary to solve for some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. And then on the short term, uh, Judith, you mentioned pop ups and, and uh, the Magnificent Mile Association has partnered with World Business Chicago to really do some fun things around pop-ups and activations of vacant storefronts. Uh, you're seeing it um, in uh, the Wrigley Building now. There's one coming to 875 North Michigan Avenue oh, okay. soon. Uh, and, and the idea of creating um, unexpected uh, experiences on the avenue, um, you know, we, we, we've been working to do that for two years now with activations like Meet Me on the Mile and, and other opportunities to really create that surprise and delight Nice uh, that, that maybe the guest wouldn't be expecting otherwise. And, and Judith, real quick, there was also talk of a bridge that would yes. connect Oak Street Bridge yes. to the shopping district. What's that, going on? That was one of the proposals of the, of the report. And it's so interesting because over the years, the action has shifted south, right, to the river. We have the Riverwalk, the Apple Store, and, and the Nordstrom Complex. And so that's shifted everything south. Mm-hmm. Well, 
if you had a big bridge that connected Oak Street to the beach, well, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, people might go up there, and it's, it's access to the beach. Yeah. It might have some nice views. There, um, the ULI even suggested maybe you have a design competition nice. and, and bring in a lot of input of, of what this could look that like. That would be fun. So so how quickly are developers and landlords planning to move on some of these proposals? It's going to take a while. Okay. I mean, but the hope is that some of this federal infrastructure funding could be available since since the, there, there's been plans to uh, redo Lakeshore, do Sable Lakeshore Drive for yeah. years, for 10 years, and maybe this could be tied into it as well. We'll have to leave it there. Judith Crown is a freelance reporter for Crane Chicago Business, and Nicole Benulkin is Managing Director of 360 Chicago. Thank you both. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks for having us. This episode of Reset was produced and edited by Andrew Merriweather. If you want more Reset on the go, then consider subscribing to our podcast. And when you do, be sure to leave us a rating that really helps more listeners find us. All right, that's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.